Welcome to the Living in the Future podcast, where we bring to light specialized topics from life in the modern age. I'm here with Gary Tews, creator of the DVD Beaver website, which is a website that does deep comparisons of various home video releases and includes detailed reviews. Gary, how'd the site get started? Oh, uh, be 20 years ago. Uh, I, um, I was always interested in, in, uh, in film. Um, I remember when I was quite young watching Charlie Chaplin festival on public television. And of course, when the video era came, I was always going to, we had a bunch of video stores uh, up here in, uh, in Toronto and uh, and I would rent uh, videos um, and I got into then appreciating uh, foreign films um, just because I hadn't been exposed to a lot of them and in the video store the section that had them I eventually had seen them all um, I there was Kieślowski and a number of uh, stuff around that time I guess that would have been uh, uh, in the 90s or late 80s um, and so I wanted to see more. I didn't really have a, another avenue to do it. I, I got into laser discs for a little while, and there was a actually a place that was relatively close that rented laser discs, just like uh, they'd rent VHS tapes. Um, so that expanded my my uh, horizons as far as cinema was going, and uh, and then of course when DVD came, that was like a revelation. We we could see movies that a lot of film fans could maybe have to travel thousands of miles to a festival to be able to see. And uh, it kind of really exploded. Uh, and I was a member of a forum, of home theater forum, and um, and there was a group of people who commented in a kind of foreign film section. There was a couple of people who are obviously very well educated on it. They had a lot of exposure. They've been doing it for a number of years. And so the rest was kind of picked their brains of, you know, what was good to see and avenues to go up to, uh, uh, to see, uh, uh, films that we might enjoy. And, um, and so I developed, a it's called a listserv, um, a group of email where when somebody sends a question, it goes to everybody in the group. And if somebody responds, it goes to everybody. So I think there was about 13 of us only, um, and what we would do is we'd state uh, what we bought. Oh, this week I bought so-and-so. Because we didn't even know what was out in terms of foreign film. Um, and then somebody said, well, I, I was able to buy something from this website that, you know, I'd wanted to see this film for X number of years. So I thought, well, that's pretty good. Because people were sharing this information and I, uh, the Internet was relatively new, uh, I created a web page that allowed people to see each other's um uh, purchases <laughs> i just use the covers i'd and it began to form little collections of people so we know what on one week what one guy bought and uh, darren bought this and doug bought this and nick bought that and um and so we all learned from each other and uh and i don't know it, it was just fun i never even thought about reviewing it wasn't in my uh, lexicon of being able to things I'd be able to do for for the group, but um, 
uh, one of the guys in the group had thought of an idea of uh, of posting uh, technically related uh, information about not just the DVD and where to purchase it, but um, specifics about it. I remember going to a friend's house and I took, uh, I don't know if you know the silent film Broken Blossoms, and I, I bought a newer version of it, and my friend had an older version. I said, let's just look at these and see if there's any difference, not expecting that there would be any difference at all. It was a keynote title, I think. And there was a big difference. Like one was obviously from a more restored source. And I thought, well, this is pretty interesting. And I shared this with the people in the group. And one of the guys said, you know, why don't we start comparing? We've, we're all, we've all got these DVDs. We're, some of us living in Norway. Some are living in the U.S. Some are, and, you know, we can see which is kind of the best release. And we set up a standardization for obtaining the screen captures. And, uh, and this is, you know, way back. We weren't... Um, we weren't a lab or anything. We were just a bunch of guys who got off and being able to technically share this information across, you know, thousands of miles and being able to purchase. That was another beautiful thing about the Internet is, you know, I could buy stuff from all over the world of, of e-sellers that sold sold foreign films. And, and so then we could learn if it had English subtitles or if it was a good transfer or was a better one here, if I could buy the one from Italy or whatever. And um and so yeah, the site kind of born of that. I, I didn't even have a name. I uh, I just did it via an IP address. And it was really for just a small group of people. And it's funny about that small group of people because they all, not all of them, but many of them evolved out of DVD Beaver to do something else in uh, in the world of uh, DVD and Blu-ray. One of them is Nick Wrigley. I don't know if you know, he started Masters of Cinema or along with Tron, Tron Tronson and and Doug Cummings, they were all members of our little our little uh, email group. Um, anyway, that that's kind of the way it started. And uh, uh, the format, one of the guys developed a kind of format that we really liked. It was kind of good, and so we kind of adopted that. And um, you know, but life gets in the way of a lot of things, and eventually it kind of slowed down, and people got busy with their work and doing things, and. Anyway, so I just kind of did it as a part-time thing, and I just I had a website to save the captures and save the data, and so reviews developed along the lines of that. It wasn't uh, specifics that I would give an opinion on the film. I would give an opinion on the audio quality or the video quality, or I'd state the extras, and you could see one had a commentary and maybe the other one did not. And uh, yeah, and that's how we uh, we got started. Um, I I mean that's that's amazing that the internet has facilitated the ability to be a consumer of or or to compare against the different international releases. Now, what is a region free player and why do you need it? Okay, um well, back then DVDs were as they are with Blu-rays now, they were region coded. And so uh, in North America, they would be region one. Um, if you were in England, uh, they'd be region in Australia, they'd be region two. Uh, and they'd have different uh, video standards. There'd be PAL, which uh, is in Europe. And we'd have NTSC, which is in North America. And we'd have even cross over that. So Japan might be region one, but it would be PAL or as opposed to us, which you used, to, and that was the broadcast standard for the television. So that was the standard of which the TVs were set up, was which the DVDs were encoded in. The um, 
what standard it was. So uh, that was another factor to to consider. But I mean, if you can imagine being a, a film fan of of not Hollywood popular cinema, but you know this clandestine cinema of and and wanting historicals and not being able to see it. I mean, stuff was not shown on TV at that. You know, it could even be discussed, and it was many times. Is oh. By the way, at 3 a.m., uh, TCM is playing XYZ if anybody wants to record it. Just because we, we couldn't get a chance to see these films. You know, they weren't on video. They weren't uh, in another format. But when DVD came out, it just exploded. There was like a, a huge number of Asian films and Kurosawa films that we could – and the, the quality was not good. This was out of uh, a site called Yes Asia, but they sold in North America and they sold worldwide and uh, – and allowed us to indulge, and uh, it was like a thirst for wanting to see more of this and kind of educate yourself on on world cinema. And yeah, it, it's the internet obviously opened the whole doors up for uh, for people to take the blinders off and uh, and access more. Of the, and that was even in the early days of that. And of course, it it only improved every year. And uh, and I remember uh, stating that, that you know, and this was ten years ago plus that. Uh, this is the best time ever to be a film fan because yeah you, know, you you have more access to any I mean I get, it's probably true of many many things of of course uh, involved in entertainment when you have the internet it it is, opens up all sorts of uh, <laughs> doors for you so um, yeah it was great and and just the group of people we had were able to share information and it, you know I it, I didn't perceive it as having an immense amount of value certainly on a on a large scale because we're only a handful of guys. We're just a handful of film fans. And, uh, and then of course, uh, it expanded to be a few more and a few more. And then I, I was doing the website for, um, you know, just as a, a I wasn't even in a, a, a way to make money off of that. There was no Google ads. There was, I wasn't an Amazon associate to get a commission for when people clicked on the button, but, I was doing it to such an extent that it was really occupying a lot of my work time <laughs> when I should have been working it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'd realized I, you know, the, the server was the costing money. It was my server itself. It was the time I was taking to do it after hours that I, when I wasn't working and, and, uh, and so I requested, you know, if everybody wants to do this, would you support me if I became an Amazon associate to, receive uh income from people who clicked using it because amazon was the primary method of people ordering stuff and uh and the response was a overwhelming yes i'd never realized that it was even, i didn't even have a hit counter i had no idea what this so that's when it was given a name and we kind of formalized a little bit and it really wasn't so much me as i just had an army of guys kind of behind me who were really keen on sharing this information then it got published on dvd beaver and then of course many more people could see it so it worked out as a very um uh, reciprocal relationship for a lot of people it was it had value then and then of course you know the uh advent of blu-ray came with a much higher resolution and that expanded that so we'd already had i mean this is years of doing it we had thousands of reviews and comparisons of using the screen capture method that was standardized and we use it for and there's many guys who contributed to that i had a guy heinrich in in denmark and uh, gregory a 
Russian kid. He's still a friend of mine in the U.S. And and uh, guys have been doing it for years, and not so much because it was a money making proposition, as much as they enjoyed it. They enjoyed the process of doing it, and we actually found uh, with one of the guys in Scandinavia, it was actually very relaxing to you, know, you enjoy the film and you want to have it in the best quality and obtaining the screen captures and finding the correct frame to match the frame of a dvd from another part of the world or a blu-ray um was enjoyable we enjoyed doing it and so i think that was probably the basis of why it accrued some form of popularity and success because it wasn't we weren't dry driven to try to be rich <laughs> it was just because it was something that we enjoyed and and got off on it and and you know it uh, it grew out of that so um. that it's an absolute great resource I I will tell you that uh, anytime I go to make a more significant purchase when it comes to Blu-ray I will always check your site to see what the best looking release is and well, what has the best extra thank you very much that's that's kind of you to say. What are some of the major reviews that you've done? I saw you did the Bergman box, which was very informative, and that looked like a Herculean task. What are, what are some other well, – if you could talk about that one, and then also what are some other really big tasks uh, that you have or significant reviews that you have on the site? Um, wow, that's that's a pretty difficult question. You, you nailed it with the uh... – the Bergman set just because it was so massive and and I certainly couldn't have done it alone I'd uh, got an employee about a year ago uh, Colin Zavitz who uh, has been great in assisting he's a huge film fan he was like he was just a perfect fit for for doing this and uh, and so we we worked extremely hard in grinding out all of those uh, um, reviews and comparisons uh, but you know there's People were very interested in it. This was Criterion, which was, uh, um, you know, the the, the greatest uh, DVD production, Blu-ray production company uh, has the most following for people who are interested in that because they really uh, give the releases that deserve a justice that they need for in terms of image quality. They were the advent. They started the advent of commentaries. They did that on laser discs so um they've maintained that kind of high position but what's what's been good is that a lot there's a lot of competitive sites now especially out of uh the uk and europe arrow uh rose significantly indicator has been um which uh, it's nick wrigley works for now when he was used to be just in the dvd beaver group 20 years ago and he, he uh, helped form masters of cinema and he moved on to indicator which is is probably indicators probably the best ones and most of the releases are region free and it's probably the best one in europe it's like the criterion of europe um as far as individual reviews that's tough there's the site now has somewhere around 11,000 uh discs reviewed um and i think we've just almost eclipsed the 5500 for blu-rays so it's almost almost half now our our blu-rays which hasn't been around that long but uh um yeah it's a full-time job for sure and uh and i like it I'm just, i can't even think of specific reviews or specific coming we try to recover everything that is sent to us now i mean it took a decade of reviewing stuff before companies felt comfortable to send us stuff and i guess they saw the 
benefit of sending us the review discs because we were then able to expose it to a larger audience, which potentially would increase their sales. Um, yeah, the, the, we did a Ford at um, Fox box set that uh, came out a couple of years, few years ago that was pretty big. We covered all of that. Not in the same detail. We've, we've increased the level of um, specific detail we do. We've, it's like a... Um, it, it's it, it's a formula now. It's not. Um, we try to stray from I, what I what my goal in the site was. I didn't like. To, I've seen I've seen it happen with other people who uh, get into reviewing and they get a opposition, which of course is going to happen. You can't please everybody with your review. You might say you love it, and somebody says no, you're wrong. It's terrible, and the vice versa. So I don't want to get into that dynamic. I forums can be very difficult places for. For people to communicate, they can be very harsh, and and so I don't want to get. I just wanted to give factual information. That's why we go to the specifics of uh, saying the bits and bytes and the mm-hmm. time to the thousandth of a second as far as uh, the Blu-ray is, and then we simply show the screen captures of um, a standard quality, so people can they would judge them against themselves. Everybody's system is different, so. It might not look the same on the screen capture it does on your system, but they will all look the same in comparison to each other on your system is the way we try to think of it. And so we would just use a, uh, a review that we maybe agreed with in terms of the site. And often that would be a, the description that the Blu-ray company gave, especially if they were uh, very serious about the release. For a while, we had uh, I had Jonathan Rosenbaum writing uh, articles for the site. You know, I had enough money to pay him out of the commissions we'd received from Amazon and I think he wrote maybe 10 articles uh, this was years ago and uh, I tried to do that myself but what I've done in the past couple of years is um, I call them listing pages so you take a genre that's maybe not overwhelming like uh, pre-code or noir yeah, pre-code or, or black exploitation or uh, atomic age mole men from planet <laughs> Z yeah well that's one of my fear I love the 50s and 60s sci-fi um sci-fi stuff but but yeah there's there's so many uh, you could go to we, I, we recently women in prison and giallo which is hugely popular and this is another amazing thing i mean it's giallo films which you know would be considered at some point aside from the more famous you know, dario gento the famous ones uh pretty clandestine and you you can't find this you couldn't find this stuff like it's not never going to be on netflix you know a lot of these things so we have there's just, some countries have actually adopted these. As Germany has some really great westerns that uh, haven't come out yet in, I mean, American-made westerns that haven't come out in North America, and also lots of giallo films. That uh, um, this is the Italian, uh, st- very stylistic kind of slasher horror films that mm. came out basically in the 70s, and uh, you know, there's a there's a following. So we. I created listing pages so I could list kind of all of them that were available on Blu-ray. That's that's what most of these people want is they want, you know, they really love a film. We said they love um, Fellini's uh, Knights of Cabiria. And they just want to, what is the best release that has the best extras? So, you know, if it has a commentary, I can look like I love the film. Now I have loved it my whole life. And that's what the following essentially has. I think we've probably benefited from being a niche because of the, advent of streaming and downloading and netflix that for popular films people are probably aren't buying blu-rays too much i can't imagine i mean there there's always going to be 
people, but it's been reduced to like a collector phase and the collectors are the people who are heartfelt about who, who want these films that they can't see in another way that, you know, maybe there's sometimes these blue releases, there's only one digital release available in the world of this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's been a very positive, uh, experience in, in, uh, maintaining and communicating with other people. Like we're all learning from each other, right? And so somebody will say something, even our Facebook group that about this that I didn't know and then shares to somebody else. And oh man, that's the beauty of the internet, isn't it? Is the sharing of information. It's 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 done wonders for us. It's great. And I just have I've been the conduit for a lot of it. You know, I'm not uh, uh, I, I I appreciate the people who are follow it and are heartfelt and are more heartfelt than I am and have been doing it for longer. Some of these guys, like I used to have a contest weekly where I would post a little bit of a clip of a movie and I got to try and get it so um, rare clips and brief, like a few seconds and right away somebody would get it. <laughs> somebody would get it in email. It was and I, how did you, you know, it's like that, name that tune type of thing. And people got, I can name that in one note, you know, <laughs> they just name the, name the tune. So yeah, that, that's always fascinating. And, and I like the communal aspect, I guess, of, of DVD. That's probably my favorite part of it. Um, and that I'm able to do something that I love and I learn at and, uh, and, it, you know, it, it, the, the money aspect of it has certainly been decreased in the past few years. It was we had a few years, maybe six or seven years ago. It was very good. Like I thought, this is great. I'm doing something that I love and it's uh, it's it's supporting me. I, you know, I have two kids and a wife and and I could be able to do that. And then, you know, it, it slowed down significantly for a number of factors. I we certainly have competition now. We don't. I don't think we have any serious competition in the comparison phase of of doing that, of, of taking the diligent time to find this exact same frame of one Blu-ray release or DVD release or matching it, matching them so that people can get a good general. I know there are a couple of sites that do that a little bit, but um, but that's probably where we, we have found a little niche of, uh, of followers um, that are uh, keen and interested on that. So... Um, yeah, I, I just I always consider myself pretty lucky to uh, to have kind of fallen into this and in just kind of a, a you know I have I have a background in uh, networks network administration so that it helped me set up the server and then you know HTML was there's plenty of programs to that so I I figure that's probably a failing of the site now is that I'm not I've essentially done it almost all by myself in terms of the backend maintenance of the of the site and the creation of it and the formatting. Um, and it probably needs a, a facelift and an upgrade. But again, these things cost money, and I, I don't feel like we're making enough money right now to be able to do things like that. We did set up a, a Patreon page at the end of last year before Christmas, and it's been good. These guys are great. They're, they're, our following is just wonderful bunch of people really i the the ratio of of kind of you know nasty jerks to good people is you know there's one in a couple of hundred really people are are genuinely nice and supportive and like you said they they you like the site that's all positive that's all good and that makes me continue doing it and you know i, I did the same people people would donate through paypal and i have a little paypal logo at the bottom of every review that I guess hardly many people see, but every once in a while somebody would donate and say something. And I remember there was a time where I wasn't making enough money, like I wasn't making enough money to maintain the site and do. And so I just said to everybody, uh, listen, guys, if 
if you want me to continue, I I gotta uh, you know uh, make some more money from doing this and. And I got a whole bunch of donations in PayPal. I mean, like a lot of money. And I said, "Great, I'm gonna, I'm you, I'm gonna commit to you guys, and I'm gonna continue." This was again seven or eight years, no more, ten years ago. And I said, "I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna do the best I can to make this site the best I can, and continue working on it." And and I got a little obsessive with the work aspect because I, I loved seeing new releases so I, a new film would come from you know criterion or somebody in the mail that would meet the postman practically at the door i would watch it immediately and uh and i then i want to tell the world about it i want to tell them the quality of the release and the commentary was good or the sound quality dropped a little bit here was really solid throughout or was consistent or whatever so you know it, it was two-way street I, I guess i was uh feeding myself a little bit of uh at the same time but um yeah the, but, the, the whole thing's been the whole thing's positive i just as i say now it's just it's just hurting a little unfair. as are many businesses i'm sure i'm certainly not the only one that's uh that's hurting in terms of financial uh aspects but we, we try our best and we're going to struggle through and uh and see you know um if we can kind of turn it around in some manner uh I would like to point out, though, that you say you follow the formula and it's just the screen captures, but there there are a few things that I'd like to mention. One is that if you tell me it's a must-own at in the release, I will almost certainly go out and purchase it because I know <laughs> it's going to be a quality experience. The second thing is there are movies that I would have never thought to look at if if not for your site and when a woman ascends the stairs you had that on your top 100 for a little bit Uh if that wasn't on there i would have never seen that film i love that film and also i haven't made it all the way through this one but i would have never thought that uh movies like uh man's castle would even exist let alone that it would be available and because the pre-code site, I, I found out about that. And so I, I just think, I, I, I think it's more than comparisons on your site. I, I definitely, the, the editorial is highly appreciated because I think you've seen so many of these that, that you have a, a very refined perspective. Yeah. Thank you. That, that's kind of you to say, I would, uh, I would probably disagree in that that I I don't know that I'm the most discerning. What what I think what you're appreciating and I try I strive. This is the part of the site that I strive to the best is that even if we don't cover the release, is that people need to know what's available and what's not available. So in the listing pages of the say precode, you will find things that we haven't reviewed. It'll say a little button says not reviewed yet. It's impossible to review everything, right? Sure. But but I, I appreciate that if I if I if I if I have a very positive experience from it, and you've you've had a positive experience too from a similar film that you may you know we may have a synergy we may share the same opinion but it can also be the the opposite that if if somebody says well that guy said he likes it and the last time I saw that film I hated it so you know what I mean like you uh, it, it it encourages people to join the community who have similar similar. Uh, uh likes and dislikes the, the tastes so yeah i think in general the niche probably pushes a little back on popular hollywood blockbuster type releases and 
gravitates more to older, uh, especially myself, I would say we call it vintage cinema. Pre-code would be a perfect example of that. And just to be able to see these films that can be, you know, 80 years old and they can they can speak with um, surprising uh, uh, off-color <laughs> topics because they really had no censorship back then. And so they, right. they t- obviously took advantage of that. A Woman That Sends the Stairs is an amazing film, of course. And see, I, I'm only... Um, exporting that because i got it exposed to me by somebody i, I bought the vhs of that I, I was buying vhs tapes from new yorker because they had all those titles in their thing and they weren't on dvd yet so i was still trying to watch stuff in that i really really wanted to see and uh, mizuguchi and many others that uh, that i was supposed to and that's why we love a company like criterion because they they're janice uh, they have all so many of these titles in their catalog and that they can bring out. And I always said they wait till they have it restored correctly. They don't want to, you know, uh, hopefully in 4K, it's, so it looks uh, like a, as good as it can. And uh, and yeah, see, I, I remember um, being reading uh, Roger Ebert and him stating about this foreign film that he thought was great. I think Paul and Kayla read the same thing. It was... Uh, the Bicycle Thief. Right. right. And I, I'd never seen, I was 12 or something, I'd never seen The Bicycle Thief. And uh, and then, of course, when I got older, I was able to watch it and was, like everybody else who sees it, was like blown away. It's like the stepping stone into foreign film for a lot of people. And so who, it wasn't Gary that of DVD Beaver that it, uh, maybe I did expose it by reviewing it, but as long as well as 10 other titles, but it was Roger Ebert exposing it to me or Pauline Kale exposing it to me that I was able to. So I'm, I'm constantly standing on the shoulders of other people who are, there was a guy in our, in our group, Pascal uh, Aquarillo. He runs, I think it's called filmref.com. And Oh man, he is deeply ensconced in this probably more so than well, certainly anybody on the net that would, I could, sight off the top of my head and um you know it's people like that that it gets filtered down so that other people and and what i like about the the concept of dvd beavers that is is that exact same thing is if i'm able to expose you to something because i was exposed to it by somebody else and and you have a, a real positive film experience in doing it then it's very gratifying you know it's very gratifying because i remember the the enjoyment I got out of being exposed to something else and then seeing, and then we have a discussion about with somebody else in our group or online or, you know, and, and we, it it enhances the appreciation of the film. Like we can, you can watch a film cold without knowing when that's what the way I actually prefer to watch film is because I don't want to get preconceptions and then get disappointed. If I'm get overwhelmed by everybody. Oh, this is the greatest film. This is the greatest film. And then I watch it. Say, you know what? Geez, I was expecting a little bit more out of that. So I like to kind of go in cold. And then when I do, then I'll try to read everything I can that. So I learn about the film and then I could speak with a bit of confidence to somebody else to say, you know what? This was great because it was X and Y's last film and the cinematographer was like this, and this was valuable and blah, blah, blah. And then I can also make the statement about the, uh, the digital release, whether it has value or it doesn't have value or what I would have done for this. So, uh, it, like I say, it's it's certainly, um, again, I just feel like the, the, the conduit for a lot of other information that I've been exposed to. I'm, I'm, 
I don't really feel there's anything special about me. I'm just lucky in a position I'm able to do that. I, 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 the internet is great for research, right? It's the greatest library in the history of mankind for us to search stuff. And uh, so we do, we see information and I'm able to expose it maybe to a larger audience. And the good thing about it is it's pure capitalism. If people didn't uh, find value in it, well, then they wouldn't come, right? And if they do, then they do come. So it's pretty easy to gauge that you know is people seeing that now like i said there are other reasons now why we think we've so we're just in a glut of entertainment with youtube and everything else and it's hard to watch something it's it's part of the news the political news cycle and whatever's going on they, they, we're just being bombarded with with stuff and the the movies can be an avenue of escape where especially if it's an old film or like you said a foreign film just you stating that a woman ascends the stairs is making makes me think about the movie and it f- comes back in flashbacks all the things I loved about it and so it's a respite for uh, you know antidote antidote for the current uh, climate of just a, we, we we don't seem to be able to relax too much anymore you know <laughs> it seems to be harder and harder in the West to just kind of calm down relax so you turn off the lights you have your own little home theater it doesn't have to be crazy and uh, and you sit down in the dark and you watch a film and it 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 centers you again. I think it 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 brings you back to to where we are instead of living this constant online. I mean, we're all addicted to it, you know, and to some degree. I I got two kids and they're sitting on their iPad right now and you know they're playing games. Like everybody's addicted to this, and so it's the way of stepping back. I mean, it's not like you know turning off all of the electronic stuff and going living in the woods, but it's it's still it's a, at least it's a step away from uh, from this uh, overwhelming uh, experience of of online experiences that we're we're. Uh, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's it's choice, right? That, that's that's certainly. I mean, I will thing. say that uh, I feel like time has changed in the past couple of years. That things keep hitting more and more frequently that are uh, alarming, and so uh, to uh, to uh, to have the relaxation of just sitting down and watching ninety minutes or two hours of something that was made with quality in mind is an experience that i treasure whenever i do it yeah and i think you, you i would suspect that you're like see the thing about kids nowadays i'm talking kids i'm talking about you know in their 20s and they don't they, they everything is accessible to them online so they don't need a a physical media like we we let yeah. like we have a, i have a library right i have a library of films right. i have what i call my most rewatched films because those ones i'm going to keep and we try to give away the others or sell them or you know there's just too many i think i had fifteen thousand discs at one point mm-hmm. and then my shelves built other but the idea then is is giving it away to somebody else like you can, you can just gather dust on your shelves what do i need that so much for but there's ones that i keep and i watch and then the biggest process of the night and you maybe you've seen it yourself is deciding what you want to watch that's your big decision yeah i want to yeah. watch i got two hours now i really want to watch something you know before i go to bed and what's it going to be and it can take yeah. you know, a half hour to make that decision so <laughs> <laughs> i i would say i i think that there's an argument for keeping a library in the sense that um especially with like film struck going away that you retain a certain cut and a certain quality of a film that 
you might not be able to get anywhere, especially with some of the streaming services bringing up some movies and then discontinuing them afterwards and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. Um, like I'd said, in the old days, there'd be films where you would have to travel to the Venice Film Festival to see this <laughs> film that you wanted, right? And uh, yeah. And they're not the premium downloads or or right. so, it, it, you know, it, it costs you a bit of postage uh, from getting it from Europe or something. And then you actually have it. And because there's things like, I don't know, this is a common circumstance, but you go through your your work in the day and you hear something in the radio and your mind that reminds me of movie action. You know, I'd really like to see that tonight. Yeah. And, if you're capable of remembering what that was by the time night rolls around, um, you've got it right there. Your finger, like you, you crave seeing Vertigo again. Like I just really want to see Vertigo tonight, and it's right there for you in great quality and as good a quality as people saw probably in a theater. And you've got it in your own comfort of your own home where you can pause it and go get a beer or whatever you want to do. And uh, it's it's like paradise. It's, it's really just such an amazing ability we're, we're we are living in the best of times in many senses um uh, and yeah so so i think it, it's a becomes a universal thing for for people to be able to do that is 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 uh guys of a certain age i guess who don't expect everything to be online or distract that much that they have a place where they can go a library and make the choice and uh and sit back and absorb it um you know a lot of the stuff too is is nostalgic in that you you remember music is it can be very similar. You like music because it reminds you of a good time in your life. You're young and happy and free and carefree and not as many responsibilities. And so you the song the movies can be the same way. Especially we have a lot of guys who um, are into like 80s horror, which I I I, I politely name schlock. I, a lot of it is not <laughs> a lot of you know it's not not to my taste. It's it's bad cinema. But the, the, when you mentioned about the the mole men the 50s and 60s i mean a lot of that was bad cinema but i still like it i i remember i, I mean I, I wasn't around back then i wasn't even born but uh i remember being a kid in the saturday afternoons and being a matinee with stuff like tarantula or you know and being able to watch those films when i was 10 years old and you know just in, enjoying the heck of it so maybe there's a bit of a nostalgia that for me as well that that uh, uh enhances the the whole experience of of film that that you know why we like it and why we don't because of that too it's very hard to make a rationale of saying that something is good or something is bad there's a there's a quote of shakespeare says nothing is either good or bad but thinking makes it so and you can also say that in, in terms of you change your opinions as you grow you know you 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 could say uh, 10 years hence, you know, I, I just don't, I never got into Godard. I just cannot get into this guy's <laughs> cinema. Maybe I like, you know, One Life to Live, I like Weekend, you know, Pierre Lefou, but boy, some of this stuff is. And then what happens is you mature as a filmmaker, as, as a film person and a cinephile, and you watch it, and then you start to gain an appreciation for it. So it's the in fact of keeping your mind open, especially with, when you got foreign film, I mean, you're not just looking at, films that come out of a you know 10 square miles of hollywood in the studios you're looking at films that come out of everywhere in the world and god that 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 is uh expands your horizons to no end to be able to uh, 
to find stuff. And of course, if you keep an open mind, you're always going to find things that really reach you, you know, that really touch you on a personal level, whether it's Bergman or Anang Tran, or it doesn't matter. If it just it works for you, then it works for you. So it draws that out of you. And, you know, Bergman himself has made a lot of quotes about the effect of film. There's really nothing like it. it it's a medium that is uh, artistic. It can be personal. It can probe your soul like nothing else. We can't, you know, the, the, the generalized opinion of the a lot of the people who follow DVD Beaver and, you know, we don't do a lot of modern films. You know, there's nothing wrong with modern films, but I think the premise of it is thinking that if it's good, we'll know about it in five years or 10 years. We don't need to go to the water cooler and be the first one to say, you know, I went and saw so-and-so last night and, you know, I thought it was great, but time is really the judge of all of that, isn't it? It's going to be whether something is good or bad is whether it's good 30 years from now or 40 years from now or 10 years from now, not whether it's, it's just happens to be the flavor of the week that's come out with, you know, whatever it was. Now, you know, I'm as susceptible to a lot of that stuff as well. I, I, I try not to be, but, it's hard in this in this modern world. You know, we get exposed to stuff, and I see films. Oh, wow, I'd really like to see that. And then, of course, you see it, and you can end up being underwhelmed or disappointed because it's not maybe to the expectations you had in your mind, right? That you were right. you were anticipating. Because I guess you do get discerning because if you've seen many great films, you appreciate the subtleties of some of the directors of the past, where everything is so overt now. And so in your face and so kind of obvious, we have a kind of running joke with a lot of the guys is I don't know if you ever saw um, Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, yeah. And well, he's he's uh, he's in the mud and the the creature can't see him because it reads heat or whatever. Right. Right. And so he, but it's not enough for them to show that with the camera. Then Arnold has to say he's all by himself. He says, can't see me because of the mud. <laughs> Like, what are we, idiots? You know, we got it, Arnold, you know. <laughs> and not that I dislike Predator. I like Predator, you know. I'm going to get the 4K UHD one day and see it. So, yeah, I remember I, mean, I remember when DVD first came out, I watched. My wife was a nurse and was working all the crazy shift. And I stayed home and I watched 13 DVDs over the course of one weekend before I had to go back to work on the Monday. <laughs> And I tell people that story, and they think this guy is nuts. He's crazy. He's <laughs> so but no, I loved, I loved the medium. I loved the experience of film, and I guess that that reflects in other people who are similar. And like I say, there's guys who have it uh, to a much more stridently than myself. I'm not. Uh, I, I like to consider myself normal. It's funny when you start speaking to people. There, you're gonna, and you say, you know, I'm in film. I like film doing this, and say, yeah, what are your favorite films? And they start telling you, and they get passionate. You know, like everybody has the uh, this uh, reception to film. You know, like the, it it touches people. I mean, there'll be different films in different ways. But we, another saying we always use is that if you if you only eat, you know, bananas, then you can't say that banana is the best fruit. You, you say the banana is the fruit because you've had oranges and you've had apples and you have peaches and you have plums and you have pears. And then it gives you a wider range. So the more you expand for your own uh, film experiences, the better chance you're going to be able to discern something that's great. You know what? The good thing about film is you can always find something in film. Like I have my next door neighbor here. I, I give him whole baskets of old DVDs that he takes up to his cottage. And he says, you know, 
my wife says I'll I'll wa- watch the wallpaper. Like I'll just watch anything, and he watches it. <laughs> And he's getting something out of it. You know, even if it's relaxation, he's getting it, but he's still getting something out of it. And they all, you know, you think about that somebody took the time to make this, to write this, to produce this, to act in it, to star in it. This isn't a haphazard thing. It deserves some sort of respect. And I think that's also what I try to do with DVD Beaver. I've, I, I have a little pad beside me. If I see a certain scene that I think is a really good, would make a really good screen capture, that's indicative of the experience of the film whether it's a mystery or horror or thriller and i'll write down the time in the little booklet so that when i do the screen captures i can hopefully find that again and do and i really think the film deserves it you know the film deserves to be represented a certain way that's why i like the uh, the posters why we put posters in the reviews to show that because man there's a lot of effort went in these posters i'm talking about the olden days more so than obviously now but I mean, you know, the, the the if you take a look at the credit sequences, the Saul Bass, the, these you have to know yeah. the film to accept and appreciate all of these little things. So, all of the work and effort that goes into that is deserves respect, whether you like the film or whether you don't like the film. I mean, I, I remember having girlfriends in the past that would say, "Oh, I just I don't like black and white film." Well, you know, our, our relationship didn't last too long, actually. But, and I've had I've had a number of friends. I mean, smart, intelligent, highly intelligent people in in great professions. Well, we we don't like uh, subtitles. Well, you know, you're essentially cutting off your nose to spite your face because you're the one who's suffering from this. Not that I'm not suffering because you don't like subtitles. You're suffering because you don't like subtitles. And I see it's something you get used to in a matter of minutes of watching a film, you know, of a different language and. Anyway, everybody's different, I suppose. I would like to just have one final question, which I'm uh, mostly curious on, which is you touched on this a little bit that you have a 4K set. I mean, do you feel that 4K, everything should be be gone over and released in 4K? Do you do you see enough of a difference in the 4K releases that it's a must have is the high dynamic range? just enough for color films maybe not black and white as opposed to say a 4k restoration that that then is released on a blu-ray um yes <laughs> yes i do um I'll, I'll tell you as uh for the office we you know we're calling an ir now which is actually close to my home it was just a it's kind of a makeshift office and so we set it up and we tried to be as um, objective about it, but you know, you don't want to be swayed by other people saying, "Oh, this is amazing, this is amazing." And I don't like that at all. It actually usually pushes me in the opposite direction. So, you know, we took a long time in experiences, and, and absolutely it is. Now, one point I will make about that is it's not going to be every film that benefits. Of what the films that benefit the most are 70 millimeter films. So when um, Playtime, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia, absolutely. And, you know, the one we uh, recently watched, Bridge Over the Require, we're in the process of trying to do a review. The HDR makes it very difficult to obtain screen captures because people are seeing it on a monitor that is not HDR capable, so a computer monitor. So it really mm-hmm. throws a monkey right. Now, there are ones that have, and we have done ones like we did with Big Lebowski and Saving Private Ryan, which I thought we gave an an accurate representation, but we have to give this big caveat to say that, you know, it looks even better than this. Like this isn't the best because your monitor isn't even as good as being able to express the best of it. But I will tell you everything through the system that I have now, which is this OPPO 4K HDR player and, 
and the the big screen Samsung TV is amazing. It, it's it it almost looks too good. Like it, there's no flaws, there's no weaknesses, and because of it, it's almost that you're more overwhelmed by the image than the film, and that can be a difficult process to overcome. What how you overcome it is repetitive viewing so you know when the the i know there was a bit of a controversy with us over 2001 the space odyssey's uh, colors mm-hmm. for some guys who just oh well those aren't the way the colors looked i remember the way the colors looked mm-hmm. years ago when i watched or 50 years ago and so there's a bit of discrepancy but i can only tell you that uh, you know i watched both the original warner dvd which wasn't encoded that robustly and the hdr hdr is amazing it's like almost watching a film for the first time, or at least, and I've seen it 70 millimeter on the big screen. It's overwhelming for sure. Um, but again, doing it from the comfort of your home, watching it in this higher resolution quality and seeing the grain and seeing all the aspects of it is overwhelming. It really is better. I don't know if that format has flourished as much as the adopters would have liked it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that it's going to appeal more to a lot of modern films you know that are maybe and, and comedies I, I have a bit of a some they have an issue with comedies but comedies and image quality it, i don't think it really goes together it's because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't improve the jokes really you know or it doesn't right. make, but but you know if it's antonioni if it's lately say or, or like I, I i'd be amazed to see it because that's such a visual experience the visuals in the film are affecting you as you watch the film it's not just following the plot which is leading in a certain way or being you know limited in a certain way to get your mind thinking it's these amazing visuals and the sound i mean the sound quality is is as well a lot of people you know, especially years ago in home theater, sound was the big thing. They had these huge subwoofers. They were like the size of, you know, giant Tootsie Rolls right. sitting around. And so because sound to them was a big thing, especially in action films, you know, having careening bullets around your ears and the surround was a big thing. Now, I didn't find that as big a thing as the visuals, especially of, um, of you know, the directors that we revere the most, the, right. the Brazons and Antonioni and, and these guys. The, yeah, the, I... I have to say most of the stuff I watch is either mono or stereo. Yeah, it's it's and I agree. And because that's probably the way it was shown originally, you know, in the theater, it wasn't they didn't have uh, surround effects. And I'm not even dismissing that as much. It's just it's not part of our niche. And I took my kids to see, uh, I think, yeah, Toy Story 3 in 3D. That was Mm -hmm. an amazing experience. Again, I, I don't you know, it's not on the same comparable level of. The way it's going to touch you is another. I, I have a, a a friend of mine who'd said, you know what, he, and he'd go and see these movies with all the lights and flash, and he'd say, you know, it, it doesn't penetrate your skin. So it is, it's these films that we watch that do they they get under your skin, they stay with you for a long time, and you can think about the characters like days later. You're thinking about these characters. Where if you go and see see, you're walking out of the theater after Arnold has beaten up the alien or whatever, and you're it's gone. The experience is gone. The lights and flashes, your retina, your eardrums have rattled through the amazing sound and stuff, but it doesn't stay with you. And, I, you know, it's disposable. It's almost like a bit lighter, you know, it's a disposable form of entertainment. And not that there's anything bad about that either. That's what people are looking for when they go and see it. They know it's not going to be something that resonates with them weeks and days and months and years afterwards. But um, I think for the film fan who 
requires that. They're obviously looking at a different experience. They're looking for a more in-depth experience and one that penetrates under their skin, right? And it gets to them and it touches them and it relieves them. And it, eh, I don't know. I, I could say some very um, uh, outlandish things, but I won't want to offend anybody that, you know, they really, <laughs> they make you a better person sometime these films. They expand your emotional uh, you know, they, they just, well, I mean, especially like the bicycle thief. I mean, that's that's a movie that certainly has to have you asking internal questions. Absolutely, that's a, that's a perfect example. And yeah. you know, it's, what we what we what we uh, do in life, especially for a lot of these foreign films, is you, how you become um, uh, less prejudicial about another experience is that if you see that it has similarities to your own and by there's universal similarities and people who have children they want they want the best for their children whether they're living in uh kenya and the film is made there or they're living in australia there so it's not like these are foreign people now they're they're the same as us they're they're the same we can see that through the avenue of film that they've They've uh, uh, we we share a common thing. We share something in common which bonds us, you know. So we bond to those characters, and uh, and yeah, it's it's it, they're really. I don't have a, a you know. I, I when I'm asked to list for my banking, what, what's your favorite favorite thing? And of course, I'll say film. But because I think about you know, like I played sports and I did lots of other things and dated women, all these stuff, but there really isn't anything like it as a pastime and to, to cling to it now. Like, you know, I'll, I'll watch sports. I'll watch Toronto sports. I'll watch some tennis, the Australian open it's on, but it's just not the same. You know, it's just, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing that impacts you quite like that. Those, ex, those film experiences that you carry with you for years and decades and maybe your whole life. And that's why, I think the, the, those people are the ones that we hope to bring into our circle that gr- eventually just naturally kind of gravitate towards us as well. That that was Gary Tews from the website dvdbeaver.com. Be sure to check out Gary on Patreon under the name DVD Beaver. Thanks for listening. <laughs>